these guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's Flagrant Howls. So we could either talk Timberwolves or we could take our off-microphone conversation to the show and just spend an hour discussing how many people really killed JFK. It's up to you where you want to go here. <laughs> I know. We, we joked on, what, Monday about this won't shock anyone listening to people or li- people that listen to me, but uh, not a lot of prep on my side, just to kind of roll into the studio and, and talk. So the most prep we've ever done was about seven minutes before this talking about uh, JFK and... Uh, yeah, I, I was I went to Dallas Phil when I was like in high school and checked out like the observatory or like the building and the, the grassy knoll and stuff. It was just crazy. And I just remember that was my first time being like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if what they're telling me is I don't true. Like, just like one random guy just like climbed up some steps. And I think I'll I don't know. I'm with you. I think it's when I was I was awarded a tinfoil hat that day because I was like, I don't know if everything people tell me is true. But uh, somebody might want to look deeper into that situation. I think. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, I don't know if anyone's ever brought this up or talked about <laughs> it, but uh, there might have been more than one shooter. Uh, anywho, speaking so, of shooting. Last night, man, there's there's a lot to get into. It's funny. We just podcasted together like two days ago, and I feel like there's a season's <laughs> worth of things to get into since then. We had the the brawl inside the first minute of that game on Tuesday night against Golden State. Um, last night felt like a schedule loss more than I don't want to dismiss. Like They played terribly. Mm-hmm. It was also their third road game in four nights. You had Booker coming back. It's kind of your classic schedule loss but you know where you tell me we'll have a random wolf of the week later in the show here where do you want to start as you dissect everything in your mind from the last couple days Kyle let's let's run it back chronologically from last night just because I think yeah I have a lot you you and uh Declan and Judd I thought did a really good job talking about like instant analysis you had a pie chart of blame or pie chart of praise I think for uh, the wolves uh winning back-to-back games against the Warriors um this is still the dynamic of me having a full-time job. I can't always get on right after, so which is good because I stayed up till I think 3 a.m. Uh, the night of the Warriors brawl. I was texting people with the team. They got into Arizona at like 3 a.m. I was about as close to being canceled as possible. I was so fired up. I was so ready. I'm all in on this team now. Uh, we can get into it, but as a quick appetizer, the Suns game, I think the Suns shot 60%. Um, the Wolves had no legs. Their most energetic player somehow was Mike Conley. Uh, I'm not, I literally, I'm not making excuses. They're eight and three. I just don't care. I just move on. That game did nothing to me. I'm curious what you think. I I do. I've been pro Chris Finch. I'm unapologetically cheering for that man. Um, I would have loved if they just cut bait last night earlier. Uh, Josh Minot, as much as I talk about him, he, he needs to start to get reps in meaningful spots. Oh, wow. Oh, I love this take. At some point, I'm just like... You're taking garbage time, Josh Minot. Let's do this. Let's go. (laughs) Listen, I'm very pro Finch, but there's just these little things like in games that they actually care about, which is going to be probably about 76 games throughout the season that aren't schedule losses. The the rotations kind of cut down to like eight. I mean, Shake Milton has had an up and down spot. They don't really have a backup point guard. They're obviously loaded on the front line with all their bigs and Jaden and stuff and Kyle. I just, you know, they've kept Leonard Miller... And Wendell Moore down in the G League specifically to get reps. They've looked really good. I think the Wolves play again on the Iowa Wolves play on Friday. So if you're looking for basketball action, try to find that game on uh, in the G League. But I, again, I don't, I don't know what Josh Minot is. I still believe in him. Uh, he subbed in last night and had a putback within seconds and one. Missed a couple threes. But I don't know. It's just all this Wolves starters minus Rudy was in last night with four minutes left in the game. And they're down 20. And I get it. It's a culture thing. Finches and arrest guys. And... I love that because I'm always complaining about stars resting, but I just, I would have cut bait at halftime, sent him back to the resort and just let <laughs> Josh get actual the, reps. What's funny what is a weird the, tangent. <laughs> I love it. No, I had no idea where you're going to start. And you're like, let's talk about Josh Minot looking great in garbage time. And he, <laughs> and he did. And Luca too. I like, you know, they, the broadcast had some time to kind of, cause they got in with five minutes, six minutes to go. And God, Luca, just every time you see him, it looks like he's dropped another half percentage of body fat. You know, he's, yep. he's got a, figure out how to play some better defense. But, um, you know, I, you say cut bait at halftime, I think, and you say it sort of facetiously, but that was just a game. You're, you're coming off this emotional grind of a win in that second Golden State game. Phoenix comes at you throwing haymakers at home. They're energized. Booker's back, right? 
And right away, they just, they, they hit, dude, they were 12 of 14 to start the game. Mm-hmm. And ordinarily, and this is this is where the Wolves are, there's going to be like five games just like this. Although you could argue, I just looked through the whole schedule. You could argue this was the worst schedule game on their schedule in terms of deep into a road trip, you know, three games in four nights. It's a back-to-back road situation. They have a few other back-to-back road situations, but this was like maybe the worst just scheduled game for them. But they know how good they are after the first 10 games. And so they feel like even against Phoenix in this spot, we can erase a 20-point deficit and make a comeback on these guys. So I, I like that they sort of push forward as much as they could. But the energy and the legs and the focus needed to dig out of the other team starting 12 for 14 from the field, it just wasn't going to happen last night. So I'm kind of with you. It's not that I dismiss all of it. There's some things you can probably pick apart in that game a little bit. But at the end of the day, you're going to lose games. This team's going to lose 20 to 30 games. This was near the top of the list on paper of games they were probably going to lose. So and, flush and it, again, take a couple days and play the Pelicans. There's a lot of times where I'm going to criticize or say things, and they're actually just stupid. Like, I am I wish Finch would have put Minot in. I wish he would have cut bait. But I also understand that they're going against a team last night that was dead last Phoenix Suns in fourth quarter scoring like they that's like their bugaboo right now is they don't execute in the fourth quarter they blow a ton of leads so Finch might have been like hey I know our guys don't have it five for 27 from three they cut it from like I think it got to 27 or 28 they cut it to 20 timeout Suns like oh god this is what usually happens to the Wolves I know and I was just like (laughs) okay but five for 27 from three that's clearly just no legs um really good stat that Alan Horton quote tweeted but it was from Mark Followill on on Twitter, but it was basically since the beginning of last season, teams on the second night of a back-to-back win just over 43% of the games, so already not good. And in that span, when teams travel and lose time from a time zone, those Mm -hmm. teams are 22 and 40, which is 35%. So I know there's a handful of curmudgeons that are like, oh, every game matters. They they don't. Uh, The Wolves were emotionally exhausted. Again, like they got in super late. I myself couldn't sleep Tuesday night after that debacle and that whole situation. So I'm sure the guys had adrenaline running through their veins as well. But uh, the, the the only the only real thing other than my Josh Minot criticism would be uh, I think Jaden McDaniels is one of the best defenders in the league. I've been on that side of the hill for since he got in the league. I don't know if he can stop Devin Booker. It's like might be his kryptonite. The Wolves don't have anyone. They would need Ant to be 48 minute two-way guy Devin Booker is just I mean they you can't really slow down Kevin Durant either but Devin Booker is like I think the toughest guy the Wolves have ever played and that includes like a Jokic right they know how to throw bodies at Jokic they have no one with the size and the speed to get around those screens and Booker was just awesome last night so uh 2BD we'll see what happens when those teams play I mean Bradley Beal was out the Wolves were essentially hung over uh but that'll be one to watch the next time those two teams square off but yeah, schedule loss. Let's talk about the Warriors. Yeah, if uh, yeah, if the if the playoffs started today, though, it would be interesting to see where this because the Wolves would be the three seed, and then the Suns would. I guess yeah, the Wolves would be playing the Kings. I was gonna say that yeah, the the Suns are a game back of the Kings, but I was, I'm I'm already thinking about this. Is, I love that. I love that. I'm already November thinking about 16th, like baby. dude playoff series. Who do I want in a playoff series? Uh, do I want the Suns? Do I want but yeah, what okay? What did you learn from that second game against the play, the, the in season tournament game against the Warriors? I I told Judd a couple days ago, in a season so far in which they have wins against the Celtics and the Nuggets, and I I think I said this before last night's game. Last night's game does not change my opinion. I think the Wolves are one of the three best teams in the NBA. You could fight me on on uh, Philadelphia being the fourth one in that mix too. So Boston, Denver, Denver, in no particular order, Denver, let's say Denver, number one, Boston, Philadelphia is a tough out. And I legitimately think the Timberwolves are like the third or fourth team in that group right now. And the win over golden state against golden state's bench. Basically you had like, you had a cardboard cutout version of Chris Paul. You have zombie Andrew Wiggins, uh, What's my guy's name? The first round pick from uh, Santa Clara who played 40 minutes. Pod, we'll just call uh, him Pods. Pods. Yeah, my we'll guy Pods. Pods. He can play, by the way. Yeah, he's he, good. He, he can play a little bit. Yep. But th- it's like the Draymond thing happened, 
And that team, instead of that team being like, oh, well, whatever, you know, our three legendary Hall of Famers are out, they decided we're going to win one. We're going to win one for Dre, for Steph, for Clay. And the Wolves were just kind of shell-shocked for whatever reason. They were just playing in quicksand. Coming back and winning that game, last year's team 100% loses that game. And, Kyle, I think last year's team loses by double digits. You know what's funny about that take? is uh my guy our guy dane moore was on the road for those two games traveled down there and uh specific players told dane that in the locker room after, they, like, that they lose dane, last year when dane walked in that like just because you know you get to start to know the players and stuff and have relationships and players told dane specifically like we would have lost that game last year by 20 was a direct quote so yes I mean, not just if, like if lose by a couple it, yeah L- like literally that game last year gets away from the wolves and we and then we fire up a podcast the next day and we're like okay let's go through this roster here uh Corey joseph beat the timberwolves by 20 points last mm-hmm. night what are we mm-hmm. doing here dario Saric, uh after acl surgery was clowning the timberwolves last night but instead they come back they grind it sometimes wins like that when you're looking for the gap between how can you avoid a play-in where, where are the extra like seven or eight wins on your schedule so that you can be a three seed instead of playing in the playing round a win like that keep that in your mind as we tally the difference between you know 42 wins and maybe 49 or 50 this year yeah now i'm starting to get all triggered again i don't know which direction you want to start with this but do you uh, okay do you think patrick beverly is correct that carl anthony towns didn't do enough to help his teammate in that fight against draymond rudy 100 percent incorrect i uh I, this is the best podcast to do this because you do a great job of covering all the Minnesota sports teams, but we, we do need to come to an understanding moving forward that the past is the past and that the Patrick Beverly year was awesome. And it kind of changed the culture. Uh, I also think it's, I, I have no issues with Pat. I love Pat. Uh, but I also think maybe we don't need to credit every single good thing that's happened to this team with <laughs> uh, a backup point guard who averages a lot of fouls, um, but he's great. His take on the Carl stuff was so wrong. And I think when we think about Pat now, Phil, we should just think about like how we thought about Brett Favre that one year. Um, we don't need to worry about anything that happened after, <laughs> legally, illegally, whatever, but we can just embrace that one year and be like, that was fun, but we don't maybe need to retire their jersey or have them in the ring of honor. And then this kind of segues into my love, and you know this, for arguing. I just like, I love to argue, and it's because I'm petty. I just like when the field goal posts stay in the same spot on the field. So if you want to argue something, that's fine. But if you start moving the field goal posts, and what I'm saying is this Carl stuff, if Carl would have taken a swing at Draymond, he would have been crushed. And if Over-emotional, Carl, yep. can't control himself, got caught up in the moment, 100%, dude. And if Carl doesn't do anything and just tries to be what Rudy Gobert Soft, would be, a peacekeeper. Yep. P-word, you know. Oh, and, yeah. I, and again, I just... Those are the moments where we're not on the same level. Like if you if you're going to rip him on the far left, not political, and rip him if he goes far right, then I don't know what you want me to do because I thought in the moment, if the wolves react, I mean I actually give a lot more credit. Carl was trying to get in there and just break people up, and Mike had Jaden held back because I think Mike probably knew Jaden was the one on the court that would have maybe killed someone. Um, but for Rudy, <laughs> Rudy knows in the moment that he's going to get memed. Like, there's a lot of funny photos going around. And when the Wolves eventually blow a game or lose a playoff series, people are going to tweet out Wolves the Rudy choking. Gobert getting yeah. choked. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. he, that man, despite Mike Conley's big shot, and we can get into that, and Ant making an amazing pass that I don't think a single person thought he was going to make when he picked up his dribble in the, in the paint there towards mm-hmm. the end of the game. The biggest play of the game was Rudy Gobert essentially outsmarting Chris Paul in the mid-range to trick him into throwing the ball into the corner and then Rudy Gobert recovering and showing why he is a three-time defensive player of the year. And if Rudy responds and gets kicked out of that game, I don't, I'm I'm positive. They don't win that game. And then they're the joke. And then you start to question their mental makeup. So if if we're going to rip the wolves all the time for being immature, like it's not always hardo anonymous Twitter account. We're like, yeah, I would have, I would have punched him. Like, okay, buddy, you're 16 living in your parents' basement. Like, no, you wouldn't have. And you would have lost the game. So they won the game. They swept the Warriors, and they won the in-season tournament, which you and I are probably two of the biggest fans all of a sudden. I can't believe I love this thing. but uh, People, people uh, mistakenly, I know, shockingly on Twitter, you know, tone doesn't always come across. <laughs> I tweeted, hell yes, we're hanging a banner when the Wolves inevitably win the first annual in-season playoff. 
and a bunch of people thought I was like clowning the wolves or being sarcastic. No, I just want to make it clear right here on Flagrant Howls, your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast. I want a banner hung in those rafters that isn't celebrating a deceased former Timberwolf. Like all all the respect to Flip Saunders and to Malik Seeley, rest their souls. We need another banner that isn't just like, you know, celebrating someone's life for God's sake. So I am a hundred percent in favor of the Wolves winning this thing and hanging a banner with no tongue in cheek. I'll take it a step further. I have already been in communications with some of my friends that do or follow the Wolves. Pray. If the Wolves win this thing, I don't know what the team will do. I mean, it will be kind of cool inaugural year to win that thing, and I'm with you to hang a banner. I'm going to plan a parade. Let's go. I will fly back, and I will plan a parade. And even like, a, you know how like people plan a protest, and they only get 12 people? I will Let's like have an down event. The freeway. I will raise money. I will have people. Do, I will shut down a street to have a parade if they win that thing because it'll be cool because as much as I've made fun of it and I'm not a big Adam Silver guy, you're watching these in-season tournament games or you're trying to if you have ballys and the courts and stuff that are terrible colors, but these guys really care. Even Damian Lillard had a really cool quote last night. He's like, I care about this for the incentive because I have guys on my team that are on 10 days, that are on two ways, that are rookies. Like that $500,000 is life-changing to them. Um, And again, I think... Earlier this week, again, Dane was down there, John Krasinski, uh, Chris Hine. They were talking to, uh, like, these players do kind of care about this thing. Um, so if the Wolves are winning games that everyone cares about, that is noteworthy. So, yeah, that was an impressive, impressive performance. They did get punked. That whole situation was a joke. Um, I don't know how much you want to go about Draymond Green. Well, but- l- let me say this on the on the cat front, because... And if you haven't, go ahead. You know, Pat Bev's got this Barstool podcast, and he mm-hmm. it's just like it's, super it's, laid back, casual yeah, it's conversation. Good. It's it's a fascinating podcast mm-hmm. sometimes. And he just he's and by the way, he has defended Cat and has been yeah. a huge fan of Cat also. So he's not just like a Cat hater. He just says what he thinks because he's Pat Bev and he doesn't really care how it lands with people. And you know, he said, "Boy, Cat can't Cat can't get that moment back." Like his teammates are going to be wondering now. Why didn't he have Gobert's back? You see him in there trying to kind of like get in and pull arms off Gobert, but he had a free shot if you wanted to just throw a right hand right in Draymond's face. And that's what Pat Bev would have done. But to your point, I would be a hypocrite if I came on this podcast after we've been doing this for a year and a half. We launched Flagrant Howls in uh, July of 2022. So call it a year and a half. And one of my main takes for a year and a half and even going back years before that is Carl has a really hard time managing his emotions. He gets caught up in moments. He gets caught up in trying to prove points to officials. He can't put space between what's happening and his reaction to it. He just, it's just like red light flash emotion, right? So how can I rip him for that for a year and a half and then come down and say, yeah, he should have, he should have escalated things emotionally and cold cock Draymond green Draymond gets five games, Cat gets 10. And now what, right? And now the team, once again, just like last year, gets to form around without Carl. And now we're going to try and inject Carl back. Like, I love the way they handled it. I love the way Rudy was kind of almost like laughing at it. He's like, he's got his hands out like, I ain't doing anything. Look at this psychopath behind me. But Dray- I'll say this. Draymond knew Steph wasn't playing. So he was kind of going in thinking, I'm, I'm sick of these guys from a couple nights ago. The Anthony Edwards thing, chirping back and forth. I think he came in with his temperature running pretty hot. And then Rudy specifically clowned Draymond after the Jordan Poole incident on Twitter. And, and Draymond is not going to forget something like that. Those guys have a history that goes back. So I think like the split second that dude had a chance to get out of the game and to inflict some pain and embarrassment on Gobert, he took it. But now it's like, what's going around the internet today, Kyle? It's like five-minute, ten-minute highlight reels of just Draymond Green being an idiot and kicking players in the groin and dirty plays and stuff. So I don't oh know. Oh my man. god, I have so many. Okay, so let's. Wolves handled I, it. The Wolves handled it perfectly. Let me dissect. You said about nine things. I want to. I want to comment on. Sorry, first, I, first, I, no, I no. This is this is why we do this. So first and foremost, yeah, the Rudy thing. He was, uh, he was deemed a peacekeeper by the league. Um, and then I've seen Warriors fans. Uh, I will say this. I didn't wake up yesterday thinking about the Warriors at all. 
I just thought, hey, eight and two, move forward. It was the if Warriors. If the Wolves face the Warriors, oh, sorry, here's a tenth take for you. Okay, yeah, let's go. <laughs> if the Wolves face the Warriors in a playoff series, the Wolves will win that in five or six games. It will. There's it, there's no way the Wolves don't win that playoff series, and there's no way it goes to seven. And I say that with all due respect to one of the greatest players of all time, Steph Curry. Okay. Good if this, if it's if it's a healthy Wolves team and a healthy Warriors team, sorry guys, Warriors fans, let us have this moment. We have no, we have your no team agenda. isn't as good as the Timberwolves. Put a put a pin in that. You got <laughs> I have like nine talking points. The Rudy thing after the game, you said Draymond saw an opportunity to get thrown out of a game that Steph wasn't in. Steph was out with a knee injury. Chris Paul must have hit him in practice, and Draymond didn't want to play. Top and then Rudy after the game kind of brought that to light. I think he was actually talking to Dane, and Dane had the quote about how I knew Draymond would do something crazy mm-hmm. because he doesn't like to play in these games. And everyone's like, wow, that's kind of a take. And Tom Haberstro, who does a really good job covering the NBA for a couple of different places, did like a data deep dive on his yes. Substack that yes, was dude. proven to show that when Steph is out, Draymond does not play or gets ejected because <laughs> uh, and it was I, you had to pay for it, so it's not a free link, but I did I do subscribe, so I was trying to read in like there's real data that shows that Draymond just pulls himself out of moments where Steph is not there <laughs> because hilarious. the emphasis then is obviously going to be on Draymond in those games to score more and do stuff, and he's like, no, 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 I'm good, and that's what he did last night. So shout out to Rudy. Rudy had like a galaxy brain take. Um, the Carl stuff, I'm with you as well. Like I I was just proud of him. You know how he responded. He responded with 33 and 11, and he hit that He crazy... saved them, dude. Like, he saved them by just knocking down threes, grabbing rebounds. He saved that game. 98-96, Kyle Anderson gets that rebound, kicks it to Mike uh, in the slot. Mike spins it up top to Carl. Carl hits that straightaway three to make it 99-98. Then they come down. Rudy has that defensive stop, and then obviously Ant finds Mike. But, uh, yeah, it, it, this is going to be a national media thing versus a local media thing, but the local media should and does understand that that was the best thing Carl could do was just try to break it up, let his play speak for himself. He's had he's just been a different guy in the last 7 to 10 days. He's just awesome offensively, pretty mm-hmm. good defensively, not acting up, not showing people up, and I think that has tied directly into them having the longest winning streak since 2004. Obviously that came to an end last night, but uh yeah, I was I was really and then the fiery side of me like I was just all in on this team after that because to what the players said after the game, they just don't ever win that game. Like they just get punked and then they get embarrassed. And the next morning they're, you know, let the memes speak for themselves. But you know, what was the score? 104, 101. Like one of these teams is going in the right direction. One of them is going in the wrong direction. Uh, to your Draymond point or anything Warriors related, or actually to your playoff prediction point, I 100,000% agree. Like wow. I watch a lot of basketball yeah, we're teams. Such homers. We are no, ridiculous I did, like, homers. I watched that Golden State <laughs> team and I don't understand they have yes. And this is my rant I want to talk to you about. They have four rings and they they have historically probably been the latest dynasty that I've had in my life. I've actually enjoyed watching them play. They changed basketball, they made it more fun, they got the pace going. Um but that has nothing to do with what happened on Tuesday. Like I am so I grew up with a bunch of friends who were Cowboys fans because the Cowboys won titles in the late eighties, early nineties. They haven't like I don't care what happened in the past. We went to the moon once. I think we beat Russia. We landed a guy in the moon once. I don't think about that on a daily basis. So I don't really give a damn what the Warriors have done in the past when you're trying to forecast how they're gonna match up right now. It's a old team. It's my analogy of a bunch of old dads who can no longer keep up with their kids and have to literally start choke slamming them. Uh, Ross said allegedly went to the moon. That's a good point. Uh, again, conspiracy <laughs> theories. Did we go to the moon or was it just a Hollywood studio? Add it so, to the list, man. Someone, should, so, someone needs to look into that situation too. If, if you respond to the Tuesday brawl and debacle with what was the final score and then a Warriors fan chirps you and says, hey, how many rings? You're a loser. You're an absolute well, no. loser. Living well, in, no, not you, but you're living in the past. We got, Congratulations. We, we got rings. Dude, we got Minneapolis. We want to talk about the past. We, Minneapolis Lakers. Let's let's count the rings. Okay? Yeah, and every time the field goal <laughs> post moved, no, no Minnesota fan ever gets any credit for the Lakers stuff because they stole that. And it's just, this is, the, this is my favorite analogy that I've ever had covering this team or in sports. You helped craft it. It's the Eminem eight mile thing. 
these other fan bases now, now that the Timberwolves are not only winning games, but now talking a little smack back, fans have no idea how to respond. Wolves fans, Wolves players, Wolves organization have been the biggest, easiest joke for all the longest time. Now they're no longer a joke. Now they're punching back. Now they're winning games. And these other 29 fan bases are so soft and so weak and have no idea how to respond. We know everything you have to say against us. Mic drop. <laughs> yes. I think you, so you brought up the Cowboys too. For for the younger just, listeners, you probably don't remember like the 90s Cowboys, but the Cowboys were a dynasty in the 90s. And it was the same, it was a trio, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, yep. it was Aikman, it was Emmett Smith and Michael Irvin. And they had a bunch of other good players too, but... Those guys went out, they win, they they build it up in the late 80s. They were garbage, just like the Warriors were largely garbage before Steph Curry got there. They build up this dynasty. And then they won this, they won their third Super Bowl, their last Super Bowl in 1995, the 95 season. They were still very competitive and formidable. 97, a uh, bit of a downturn in well, 97, they, 96, they were 10 win team yep. playoffs, second round, you know, 98, they were double digit wins. The Warriors are the late 90s Cowboys right now. Mm-hmm. No one's saying they're garbage, but their star players are all on the wrong side. The fact that Steph is out there at 35, just like still playing out of his mind. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. And Michael Irvin caught a lot of passes in like 1996 and 97. And Troy Aikman threw a lot of touchdown you know, passes, too, during those years. But I'm trying to think of which to complete the analogy. I need like the late 90s version of what the Wolves are right now. And it's kind of incomplete. You know, we don't really know. We don't know if they're a championship team at some point or if they're just like a formidable team in the in the same conference. But you look at like just to validate what I just said about forget about the past. If they met in a playoff series in a few months from now, the Wolves would run out a cavalcade of elite defenders. Anthony Edwards on another level. Carl Anthony Towns finding his offense, right? The Warriors would run out Steph Curry. He's a problem. Clay Thompson is, I'm not going to say unplayable, but like that dude should not be playing 30 to 35 minutes. If if they intend on going deep in the playoffs right now, he's, he's four steps slower. I mean, my God, the guy's had two major surgeries. He's getting into his mid-30s. It's the name Clay Thompson. It's not the same player that was a lockdown defender and a great wing player a few years ago. Chris Paul looks... It usually takes Chris Paul up until like, you know, I think I said this to you a couple days ago, like the sixth game of the finals. And now it's like, oh, he's showing his age. He's showing his age in the first two weeks of the season now. Um, So who else is stepping up? Andrew Wiggins looks super disinterested again. How many times did he just like waltz into the lane like a zombie only to get rejected five rows deep by Rudy Gobert in that game? Right. So I don't know. I'm poking the bear way too much here, but I just feel like it's it's. I don't want to get too much into what happened. Monday night, I got into my own uh, ruckus uh, playing pickup hoops, and a lot of this is tied wow. into this Warriors Wolves thing. But uh, was there a, was any punches? Just, thrown? A, just a just a big loser of a guy who instigates contact all the time, and then when you breathe on him, he complains. And I finally just <laughs> uh, blacked out in front of thirty other men at Lifetime Fitness and started f bombing this man up and down until he took his ball and went home. Oh, uh, that's that's for after dark flagrant howls, but. No, uh, Draymond Green, Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, they're all first ballot Hall of Famers. I'm going to celebrate them when they make it to the Hall of Fame because I think they all changed the game. But when I see, we talked about this on Monday's show, how Steph was the only player on the team this season that scored 20 points. Uh, when I see Clay Thompson or Draymond Green on my timeline now, it's because Clay's fighting Devin Booker and putting up four fingers or Draymond's choking a guy. Like, they're not on my timeline anymore for basketball purposes there there there's no clay thompson 10 three-pointer games and stuff uh and it's sad because like you said clay's had a couple surgeries i just really his vibe he's one of my favorite players two-way guy that just likes to take boats to the arena and has a dog but uh it's sad and they are in a tough spot right now i'm glad that they have the history they do and and the dynasty they have but when those two teams play basketball whether it be on sunday night at full strength or tuesday night with both rosters down a bunch of guys I mean, I honestly think, Phil, to, to put a bow on this, if Draymond and Clay don't get ejected on Tuesday, they probably lose by double digits. I think they actually had a better chance of winning I that agree. game, just yeah. energizing the stadium and letting the young kids kind of try to do something. Uh, and the Wolves, to their discredit, like they didn't respond right away. I mean, Ant, I mean, he talks a lot too, but he didn't take the thing by the 
by the reins early on. Um, it kind of was a little too close, and I know fans are probably frustrated in the moment. I will say, for someone who has started as a co-host and become a friend, and now you're probably like a family member, we talk about in the moment. You had a tweet in the moment that we might want to talk about. The maturity. Oh. Right? I think you are getting dunked on a little bit yesterday morning. So I, I, I would just say to the fans. I blame the algorithm for that, quite <laughs> frankly. Like, like, dude. Let's talk about sorry, it. Sorry. Fin- you know, finish your point, and then I'll, I'll well, read I, the tweet in question. I, I just, you know, it's, I had some, because I was, I think you mentioned this yesterday, but I was not watching the game in the moment. I was trying to be a good husband for one day of the year. Phone, I finally learned, by the way, on my iPhone how to put it on vibrate when it's on silent. That was my favorite thing about a flip phone. But anyway, I learned that. Yeah. And my phone was vibrating Tuesday night like an Amber Alert was going on. So I, I was like, honey, I have to check this. And I just have text, Draymond, fight, WWE. This is crazy. So then, of course, I fell down the rabbit hole. But, uh, yeah, watching that game, I didn't think the Wolves responded as quickly as you'd want. They didn't yeah, just, ice just the thing it. in the third quarter. But in the end, it's 48 minutes. And Wolves fans, myself included, and maybe you as well, I think we have to give this team the full 48. Because they're starting to do some things. They might not close the game out when you want them to. They might not show maturity when you want them to. But let me see what the bottom line is. Let me see what the final score is. And I think I think, I think, think Elon got you. All right. We're going to dissect this. <laughs> Speaking of conspiracy theories. The Pruder film on that tweet. Let's do it. We're going to do it here in a second. I want to shout out our, oh, yeah, our yeah, cause yeah. of the week here. So today on this Thursday is Give to the Max Day. And here at Score North across our podcasts, we are throwing our support behind a great, great organization, Secondhand Hounds. I wish my so Maya Mackey was hanging out here in the uh, in the Mackey studio all morning long for like Purple Daily. She has since gone to another place in the house. Otherwise, I'd put her on camera. But uh, Secondhand Hounds is a nonprofit animal rescue based in Minnesota. They rescue dogs and cats from kill shelters and from owners who can no longer provide care. They get improper veterinary care, daily necessities. And they look to find each animal a permanent loving home. So we uh, if you got five bucks to donate, yeah. if you've got five hundred bucks to donate, scorenorth.com slash donate. Our friends at Nutrisource, by the way, they've already matched the first thousand dollars raised. So I think with that, we're definitely like headed toward three thousand dollars right now. So thank you guys. If you have uh, if you're an animal lover and you got a couple bucks, scorenorth.com slash donate. Awesome. We, uh, awesome. Push cause. for give to the max day. Um, okay, here, here's the tweet. Let's give it, yeah, the let's tweet. Then, give it to yeah. the max. Let's talk about you giving it to the max in-game People tweets. are still hammering. I've, <laughs> I've decided to take the Kyle approach now. In-game tweets, algorithmically, it doesn't make sense with the way that Twitter's laid out. Yep, so, it's not your fault anymore. In the past, I used to do it too. I literally don't. People will see this. Like, I'll fire off like five this tweets. This aged well. It's like, yeah, well, it, I mean, it's an in-the-moment observation. Here's the tweet. For all the talk about how the Timberwolves are a more mature team this season, they currently trail the Warriors G League team by double digits in the second half, dot, 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 uh, straight face sort of emoji. First of all, a couple things, okay? There's three common responses to this. Number one, this aged poorly. Well, it was an in-the-moment observation. Secondly, We're all aging poorly, okay? We are, look at, I mean, come on. Okay, the second thing is, I'm not saying that they're immature. I'm saying, boy, there's been a lot of talk about how much more mature they are. But here's an interesting situation where they need to prove their maturity, right? Do I need to, like, spell it out? You're saying they're immature. I'm not saying they're. I'm saying maturity is a question. This game situation is interesting. Let's see what happens is the inference, right? And then the other thing that people pounded me for was the G League part. Well, if you knew anything about basketball, you'd know that Dario... It's hyperbole, people. Does there need to be a hype, like a hyperbolic font? Okay. Hey, guys, I'm going to over-exaggerate a little using hyperbole in this tweet. So be ready for it. So I think what I've, and by the way, this tweet, I tweeted about a hundred other things like after the game too, like praising this team, hang a banner. And I've got all these people thinking I'm a Wolves hater now. It's like, dude, I'm (laughs) next to you. I'm the biggest Wolves homer in existence. So my lesson learned here is, the algorithm is serving this tweet up like 48 hours later to people. Oh, this aged poorly. I'm done with these yep. in the moment reactionary tweets. I'm no, done. Listen, I'm retiring. Listen, 14 no, years of it, Vikings games. I'll never forget that one Vikings game when they're down by 30 and what Judd left the stadium and then they came back. Like, I love a good in game 
moment or tweet or text. Uh, and I again, I had to rib you for it because I did see that the next morning it was like the most quote tweeted thing on my timeline. <laughs> but to your credit, and this would be the one piece of advice on a serious note that I would give to younger people that want to get into this or whatever. It's just like I appreciate that you also then made fun of yourself. People that are doing this, that are covering sports, the ones that take themselves far too seriously, those people are a tough hang, uh, and we would probably not be friends. So I appreciate you admitting in the moment. I just thought it was really funny, and I also thought it was funny because once I finally sat down that night, tried to consume the game, get caught up, it was like one of the first tweets, and I was like, that's that's not fair. Like, there's, like you said, there was 99 <laughs> other tweets that are like, this team, this team is awesome. So yeah, we might have to pay for the extra special premium where we get the... Uh, the hyperbole font, but right now I think I can put some tweets in bold. So we need which fonts do we need now? We on social media. We need hyperbole font. We need sarcasm font. We need a sarcasm font. I don't know if I've ever tweeted anything seriously. <laughs> what percentage of people in the world do you think? You know how some like a certain percentage of people are colorblind, and a certain you know there's a certain percentage for everything. Mm-hmm. What percentage of people don't sense sarcasm? Uh. I would say per one of my tweets, like 7%. And that's why my block rate right now is higher than Rudy's because I just block people. Like I tweeted out after they beat the Nuggets a couple weeks ago that there's a case to be made that this is more imp- this win tonight was more impressive than the Nuggets winning the championship. <laughs> it's clearly a riff on what Carl said. And I had people that were like, you don't know ball. You're an idiot. You're casual. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> and that's that's my favorite part about Twitter still is just like coming in with something that's kind of fun and snarky and people taking it seriously and just people highlighting so how stupid mad. they are. Uh, it's the only reason I log on still. So uh, <laughs> bad tweet by you, bad tweet by me almost every single day. But in the moment, it made sense. And to, again, kind of put a bow on it, the players, when the players say it, Phil, like seriously, when the players say we would have lost that game last year by 20 and it's yeah. all the same players, I think that's really cool. And I think it really shows a sliver into the behind the scenes makeup of this team in this locker room that they're starting to erase things that happened in the past. I mean, even that Hawks game will go on the DVD at the end of the season as a really low point in the season. And then they just ripped off immediately after the biggest embarrassment of the season, they ripped off their longest winning streak in 20 years. So uh, it's a different team. Could the floor fall out for sure? But that Warriors moment and seeing those guys kind of band together and the emotions on Carl's face and on, Mike Conley was a cool cucumber. He didn't even do anything when he hit that three, but Rudy was amped. The bench was amped. Uh, I am all in on the 2023-24 Minnesota Timberwolves. You know what we need to when it comes to, you know, putting things out on social media? You know how there's like extreme home makeover. So we need like extreme tweet makeover. Mm -hmm. If I could go back in time. So the tweet was for all the talk about how the Timberwolves are a more mature team this season. They currently trail the Warriors G League team. By double digits in the second half, dot, dot, dot. If I could rephrase that in a way that wouldn't, you know, be miscommunicated, I would say there was a lot of talk among Wolves players and coaches before the season about maturity and mm-hmm. handling adverse situations. This is a classic or prime example right now, trailing double digits by the Warriors. You know, in Golden State, for the Wolves to show they are a more mature team. Let's see what happens. I think you have to. You you should take a. Once you send the tweet, you should include a photo, like a selfie of you, like in front of the microwave. That's like this was taken at eight twenty eight (laughs) p.m. during the second quarter when the Wolves were getting punked by a a kid named Pod. So I got to say too, I was just kind of scrolling through my tweets. We have been, we love culture on this show. We love leadership. We uh, have talked about the Miami Heat ad nauseum and how much we love a guy like Spo uh, and what characteristics he might have with Finch. We've also been very pro Steve Kerr at times. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but after that game, the debacle, the fight, the brawl, Steve Kerr said, quote, there is no way Clay should have been ejected. That's ridiculous. As far as Draymond's part, Rudy had his hands on Clay's neck. That's why Draymond went after Rudy. Uh, Clay tried to tear Jaden McDaniel's jersey off halfway down the court for no reason. I, I, I think I'm still, I think I'm still pro Steve Kerr. Uh, but that man also a couple months ago thought it was reasonable and smart to start Cam Johnson over Anthony Edwards on Team USA. Uh, I think Steve Kerr might be dipping his toe into what some would call an enabler because I am not sure you can watch that game and think that your players did not deserve to get ejected. So yeah. tough one for I Steve get it. Kerr. He's got to go bat. He's got to go to bat. He also knows he, he 
some of what coaches say, I'll defend him in this way, in that a lot of what coaches say in any sport to the media, it's not what they actually think. Mm-hmm. It's what they Great think point. they need to say to keep their locker room or their clubhouse together. You know, I used to, we've talked about, I yep. used to cover the Ron Garden hire era twins, and he would specifically leave his door open sometimes. So he had an office next to the clubhouse, and the media would come into Gardy's office after every game. And sometimes he would leave his door open or he would talk loud enough for the players to be able to hear on the other side of the door so that he could Mm -hmm. convey a message to the team as opposed to through the media. It's possible as Kerr knows that if he doubles down on what everyone else is saying and goes to the podium and says, you know what? I'm fed up with Draymond Green's bullshit, right? Like, Mm -hmm. can't do this anymore. Then he knows he loses Draymond Green and Draymond Green becomes a toxic asset and now you have to trade, Mm -hmm. right? So he might know... In his head, over a cocktail, you might get to Steve Kerr and say, what do you think of Draymond, really? He'd be like, oh, my God, this guy's a pain in my ass. He's knocked 10 years off my life. He can't say that to the media. So Good point. I, I will say, I, just finding any loophole I can to support my guy, uh, I, think, I think when the Wolves do immature stuff, Finch just says it. I think he, he does. I think he ma- and he is, doesn't lose the room, by the way. Mm-hmm. And so, again, each coach is different. That's one of the beauty of sports, right, is that – no coach, no manager is the same. Uh, and I'm still probably going to ride for Steve Kerr most of the time. He played a big part, I think, in Anthony Edwards being Anthony Edwards. Uh, I just thought that was a weird moment, and I don't think it's something Finch would have done. I think if Finch saw his guys acting out, he would have just been like, I'm disappointed in him, and that's uh, another reason why, uh, why I'm pro-Finch. So, uh, hey, do you want to just quickly, because I just saw, that, saw it come through, it's a quick 30 seconds, like the Bally stuff, because we've talked about it. From time to time, did you see any yeah. of that yet? So, so the the update. There was another hearing yesterday. Yeah. The update is it felt like it was going in this direction, but Bally's, which is it's funny because it's not actually Bally's, is just like paying. For, they're paying like for their name front, to be on yeah. this. <laughs> so poor ba- Bally's is probably not getting great PR because Bally's. So we're we're gonna we'll we will take the naming rights for this regional sports network owned by Sinclair Media and Diamond Sports Group, right? Uh, but. That regional sports network is officially folding after the 2023-24 basketball and hockey seasons. So the Twins are the Twins contract was up. They're looking for a new broadcasting partner. After this season, the Timberwolves will officially be looking for a new uh, visual distributor of their content. I, I just wanted to bring it up because you and I kind of re- talked about it, reported on it after media day because we got to talk to some people uh and that's when we both brought up that like hey at this point they have a contract and they're owed a lot of money as much as they would love to do their own thing they couldn't especially when you're owed money and you're in a legal situation like you can't really pull out of that uh but now it seems like there's been a lot of clarity and that diamond sports and valley sports, like all those things are going to dissolve at the end of this year so uh if nothing else it'll put the onus back on the wolves and their business department and try to figure out how to navigate this uh we still have the ownership thing coming up right like are they going to make that transition next month in december is it going to be later in march but it'll be something to watch and monitor because i also just love and i know you do too sports business and stuff but uh Mm -hmm. it sounds like it's murky right now and that's because it is but i do think on the other side of this it'll and i know this a little bit too like i think ownership and stuff they do want to make these games more accessible so when you say, oh, do what the Suns did, do what the Jazz did, I think that new ownership would love to do that. It's just this was the necessary step to kind of part yeah. ways and end that relationship. And I'm, I'm excited because as this team is more fun and it's, you know, it's got a bunch of guys you like rooting for and a good coach and the best broadcast duo in the league, you want those games on TV. So whether it be local channels or whatever, uh, I w- I'm hopeful that starting next year, there won't be any of these issues where every night you have to log on and Bally has the same. Yeah, we have been. Joke, I, we have been notified. There's a streaming issue with the app. Like, okay, we cool, get it. You it suck. It's a joke. Now, I I would say my my biggest thought on this is if you're NBA or Major League Baseball or hockey, you know, all these leagues dealing with this, the NFL, it's all just rolled into national deals, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know, there's regional coverage on Fox, but it's all rolled into a national deal. The NBA probably needs some sort of just national MLS like umbrella. Yep. But you got to be careful with just you got to be careful with putting your entire product behind a paywall on a streaming platform and alienating casual fans that might not pay. Like, I'm not a huge soccer fan. I'm likely not going out of my way to pay for an MLS subscription through Apple TV or whatever. Right. Like, you got to be a little careful with some of that stuff. 
But maybe there's a way where you can make it super easy for fans to just here's where all the games are streaming yep. on this platform. And maybe there's also like an over the air, maybe one in every 10 games is over the air. So you're at least hitting fans. We're almost kind of reverting back to what it was like in the 90s where one in every X amount of games like Twins games every Sunday were just on like, you know, Channel 29 or whatever it was. And then the other games were on cable. So they, they might need like a hybrid uh, distribution strategy. So we'll see uh, I, what Again, I just too long didn't read. I just am so grossed out and disgusted every time I get ready for a Wolves game and I'm watching out in Portland with no issues whatsoever and everyone else is having it's issues. Dumb. So, uh, it's so I, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that the, the team and all these other teams will start to find really creative ways to just, I mean, I think what you said Matt Ishbiter did down in, in Phoenix is like, I just want my, my team to be on TV. Uh, we'll figure out the revenue in other places. So, uh, yeah, that was just a little update. You and I have been kind of talking about that forever. So maybe a light at the end of the tunnel, uh, but for the short term, uh, you're probably just going to have to go on the dark web and stream some, some things <laughs> while we wait for the app to figure it out. All right, it's time now to wrap this episode with a random there wolf of the week. We got our producer extraordinaire, Ross Brendel. Ross is going to throw us a series of clues. You won the first ever random wolf of the week by guessing Antoine Walker correctly last week. So I'm looking after, to get my mind after it was back declared here. bankruptcy. That's when I figured out who that <laughs> was. So I Ross is going to have a series of clues. We get up to three incorrect guesses each. If either one of us hits that third strike, the other person gets the win. So and I do ambush at your Kyle, own risk. We are rather light on financial clues today. So uh, I'm not going to get it then. I'm in we'll trouble. We'll skew towards oh, Phil. That might be a clue in itself right there, huh? Crazy. Congratulations on winning the inaugural Wolf of the Week. Are you boys ready? We I'm are ready. No, no right. Googling, no cheating. You can write down yeah. things on a notepad, but that's it. Okay. How's that go? Uh, don't, don't, no, don't Google, use your noodle, something like that. Yes, don't Google, use your noodle. That could mean many things, but yeah. yeah well, okay. <laughs> And start. The Wolf of the Week, this Wolf of the Week, played college basketball for the Northeastern University Huskies in the America East Conference. Oh, my God. Got that? Northeastern University Huskies. Do you know wow. it? I don't have a clue. I didn't even know that school existed. Oh, it's like, that's a huge clue, though. Like, that, you know, I mean, that rules out all the Dukies, all the it's not going to be Will Avery, I guess. It's not going to be Will Avery. I'll okay. tell you that right now. This Wolf of the Week is currently 39 years young. Okay. 39 oh. years young. Okay. So, uh, boy, that'd be a long... If that if if he was still playing recently, that'd be a long career after going to Northeastern. Along with that, this Wolf of the Week went undrafted in 2006. Okay. Uh, these this are tough ones out of the game. This is, is riveting. This is my new favorite tough. thing. We should just do a podcast for us, <laughs> Random Wolf of the Week. This and the Immaculate Grids, where we. This fill with Wolf players. of the Week only played for one coach as a member of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay. Oh. So that could mean. But that could mean like one season only. The Wolves definitely rolled through some coaches around that time. Well, Definitely. I'll let you guys okay. decide okay. what it means. Okay, hold on. Yeah, keep going, Ross. In December of 2011, this Wolf of the Week signed a four-year deal to join the Minnesota Timberwolves. J.J. Barea. Kyle's 2-0. God dang it, dude. That's a great one. <laughs> Son of a... Nice job, dude. I need oh. to get to the best hints. Rick Adelman. <laughs> Rick Adelman, right? Mm -hmm. Would have been the coach. Oh, he oh wait, is one of my least favorite wolves of all oh, time. Oh, I by couldn't the way. stand him. I couldn't stand him. <laughs> can you give? Can you just give me a couple more of your your clues? Just because I'm curious where you're going yeah. with this. Yeah, sure. This wolf of the week has not played in the NBA since 2020. Okay. Wolf of the week played guard. Now this is where they start to get easier. In 2014, this wolf of the week was the FIBA Basketball World Cup top scorer. Yeah. Which I did yep. not mm -hmm. know. Yeah. I did yeah. not know that. He also, uh, with the Mavericks, he unleashed he was, fury on the Lakers in that, yes. was it the 2010 series? Because that's the Wolves picked him up off that run, I'm pretty sure. Was it the Lakers or was it when... Uh, it was everyone. Wasn't it, remember when LeBron was with the Miami Heat and he like refused to like post up J.J. Barea and that's kind of how LeBron started getting ripped for that part of his yeah. game? Uh, 
yeah, JJ Barea was a massive part of that Mavs that Mavs title run. Other quick ones for you. He was born in Puerto Rico. That one, yep. yeah, that would have been yeah. Only played right for two NBA franchises: Dallas twice and the Timberwolves. Okay, wow. he, okay. He, I'm just pulling up his stuff here from that run in 2011. He was always so, injured here too. That was a part of the problem. Yeah. So he he played <clears throat> the first round of that, and then we'll we'll wrap this episode. This has been a great episode. <laughs> So they beat the the this is the Mavericks in 2011 playoffs. They beat Portland in six, and Berea played, but he wasn't like a huge factor. Then they get the they swept the Lakers in the second round. I remember this very distinctly. And he went nuts in the la, in the clincher game. He was, they beat the breaks off the Lakers in the game four clincher by 36 points, and he scored 22 points, dished out eight assists in that game. Then they beat the Thunder. He scores 21 in game one. He dropped uh, 17 on Miami in one of those finals games, too. And then, and then boom. And a little, and a little more basketball analysis here. He was, uh, is and or still married to Miss Universe. Oh, good for him. Oh, so, rough life. for JJ. Rough life. Short, uh, short yeah. King Spring. Made it work. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Thanks, Ross. Great stuff. That was awesome. Uh, Thank you, boys. Kyle, congrats. Kyle's a tough beat, man. Kyle plays... <laughs> He plays it off like he doesn't know anything, but the things my brain my knows is terrible. It explains a lot about me as a person to, that I know <laughs> that stuff, and I don't know so many basic things like how to hang a picture on a wall. Yeah, I'm good at that, by the way. You're going to dominate me in this we'll talk about trivia, that later, but I'll hang whatever you want on the walls. Oh Dude, my god! I can. My mom get was a master it. at it. She passed the skill on to me. It's let's talk about just that a next tape time. measure, a level, and you can do it with thumbtacks a lot of times too. Really. But there's like, got to know uh, the weight distribution. There's some TikTokers now that are like using toothpaste and stuff to like figure out where to mark the hole and whatnot. Um, if anyone has any advice on how to hang <laughs> pictures, drop them in the comments because that is something I struggle with. That yes. and just other basic human functions as an adult. And if you could give a flagrant, I saw Dane Dane Moore's NBA show up to twentieth on the basketball charts, and flagrant Howell's up into the top thirty-five. I want to yep, say I think we were thirty-fifth yesterday. So, uh, so seriously, that go. that stuff is bananas to me because you look at. If you like Google it, the top 20 is always just player pods or national stuff just because they have such a high volume of of listeners. But uh, what Dane's doing over there is awesome. Cool to be a part of it. And what we've built here has been awesome, too. So seriously, anyone that listens to this, appreciate you more than you know. And thank you. And uh, do like, subscribe. It uh, it means a lot to Phil and I. Yes. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you next time on your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast, Flagrant Howls.